Hi, Invisible Gardener. How are you? Hi, Michelle. How are you today? Good. Thanks for um, having me do this with you. You know, it's a hard thing for me to do, but here I am because it is so important what, what you are doing. And um, I got actually a lot of questions from a friend in Wales about growing food. Cool. Which has become such a global thing. Um, just listening to Vendana Shiva and trying to get people into the regenerative movement all around the planet. Right. There's a there's a school in Myanmar now. Can I I'm gonna I can't remember everything. I'm so sorry. But I have to bring it up because everyone should know about these these incredible it's the golden ground organic. Where did it go? Farm organization. Farm society, and they're teaching people that they have native plants. This one is called Desmodium, that grows natively, that adds nitrogen to their soil. It actually eradicates the pests. So now they don't need pest control and they don't need nitrogen fertilizer. Now, this has been going, this agro farming situation, industrialized farming which was became a big thing in 2006 and I don't want to get into Bill Gates and yada yada but now these poor people in these places are talking about you know we want to do it like our grandfather and grandmothers did we don't need to buy all this chemical soil and there and there there was this man I forget his name he was from Australia he goes I just picked this outside this is Desmodian growing, growing natively. If you keep this growing, you don't need to purchase that chemical fertilizer. So as long as we keep talking about this, we we need to obliterate the Monsanto, the corp that are trying to create all this chemical farming. And That's the right. only way to do it, as far as I know, which I don't know anything, is everyone growing food. That's right. That's everyone right. growing food. So... That's what I would love to ask you some things about. Um, That's right. Let me say something real fast. Everywhere in the world, you have native plants to grow over in your backyard. Right here, we have things that normally grow here. New York, Montana, different things will grow. Puerto Rico, Cuba, there's things that grow there. And you, all you have to do is get out of their way and they will grow. And if you know the value of it, I'll give you an idea. You know, Ceylon, it's, they changed the name. I don't know, know what they call it now. It's called Ceylon. It's a little island off the coast of India. They have this plant called... Uh, a fever fuel and they were selling pyrithium because they realized hey it grows wild we don't have to do anything to it other than harvest it dry it and sell it that's where you get the pyrithium from so some company bought out bought them out destroyed everything now they're selling some other junk so every every place that we have something that you can go outside you let it let it grow and you harvest it and you use it and that's so wonderful that they're doing that right I, I agree. I agree. I mean, that that's why um, I'm doing this with you, because the more the people like me who are afraid to grow things from a seed, but actually I'm doing it now and seeing that it can grow and it's more sturdy. We just had the highest winds here the other night. And typically a, a starter, a little starter plant could get destroyed. But I'm seeing when it comes from a seed, it's so much these the, you can't knock these things down. They're just like they're so much more solid. Um, they, they certainly are. They certainly are growing in little containers. You know, I don't know if you understand how seeds work, but 
the plant sends seeds down and the, and the roots go, oh, that's as far as we can go. We're just in this little container. So a lot of times, you know how the root bound, they go around in circles. Well, right, but that's, you know, but Vandana Shiva talks about even a terrace, you can grow food. Some exactly people right. up the container. Exactly uh, right. The more we bring this, this um, knowledge out, I just lost my train of thought because I'm- About growing in containers. Right, growing in containers and growing your food. Anyway, let's just let's just start start talking about it. Sure, you know containers on a porch is very different than growing than what they grow in the nursery, which is not no soil, all chemicalized, really really stressed out. They want them in and out. They want you to buy the plant and get rid of it right away because they'll die. There's right. a big difference between growing on your porch, and we should talk a little more later on about what people should be doing to grow on their porch because there's the specific things you want to do. Well, why don't, like what? Well, you know, growing on the porch is a little different than growing in the soil. So you want to make sure you have the, the same biological environment in the, in the, in the container. That means you have to learn how to use compost properly. You have to learn how to invite microbes to live in there. It's a perfect environment to learn how to use carbon, for example, because carbon will make microbes grow like crazy. The worm juice will make, you can even have to put some worms in there. But if you just grow it with potting soil, they're not going to be very healthy or healthy for you. I see. I see. I know. But, you know, it, it, for for me who didn't know any better, I would find organic starters. I put them on the front porch in containers all around the front door. So when the twins were three, they go, Ooh, I go, you can eat that. And they could rip it off the, the, the plant, a piece of romaine lettuce <clears throat> or arugula. <clears throat> Maybe it wasn't like as nutritious if it was grown in my backyard, which I'm doing, you know, but it got them to yes. right. raw and create that habit of right. marching off to school and grabbing something that's just growing at the front door. Right. The plants will grow in any container, in any soil. They'll grow up. If you use a refractometer to test the nutritional level, you find there's nothing there. But yeah, you get them started in it. And you get better and better at growing nutritional food in your containers. That's the key. So grow really good, healthy food in your containers. And that's, that's very easy to do. You just have to understand that the plants have to get their nutrients in from somewhere in order for you to eat it. Right. Well, that's what about these, these, you know, I've seen these farms in... um jackson hole wyoming where it's cold there are many 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 months of they are gorgeous facility um vertical farms yeah. not using any soil that's kind of going off our thing but what right. is there and then they're trying to they're, it's beautiful the way they the conveyor belt of these gorgeous yeah. sprouts coming in these growing in no soil but then i asked them what's the mineral content of of that is there any nutritional value to it we and they didn't know right really so when they when they grow with no soil it's called hydroponics and there's a big issue going on with hydroponics because they want to be considered as organic they want to be certified organic and the organic people are saying no no soil you can't it's not organic so they it's okay if if you if you're a hydroponic expert see what happens is they they make a formula a fertilizer, a liquid fertilizer formula. And very rarely do they say, oh, we need 90 trace metals. So they make sure. And on top of that, I explained it before, we humans cannot duplicate what nature, how nature makes the minerals available to plants. So we can say iron is iron and the plants are going, no, it's different when the microbes give it to me. 
So it's a big difference. So chemists like this, because I argue with chemists all the time. Oh, you can add this, this amount of calcium. You can add this amount. You can add all these stuff in there. And it's the same thing. The plant won't notice the difference. But it does because it, they, they will not get all the trace minerals to them. Sure, they'll get the nitrogen, some of the big ones. The plants will grow. They look healthy. But test them with a refractometer, and there's no minerals in there. So, But you can't grow them organically because it's really easy to have a worm farm, make the worm juice, provide that as a liquid. That's why I invented Super Seaweed. It was a hydroponic device. You put your trace minerals in the liquid. The plants are happy. They get the microbes. It's not sterile. You're not using, you know, you're you're actually growing a really cool environment and, and the plants would then be healthy and they'll be super strong. Did you get that strong. juice from the worm farm? Do what? Did you get the juice from my worm farm already? Yes, ma'am. I got it and we put it out uh, at one of our customers. Oh, okay. And so the rain stopped and there's cardboard still over the farm. Right. I moved this to have, it should have a little cracks of breeze because you never okay. know when it's going to rain, but you can remove it. Okay. You can remove it. Before I forget, and I remembered what I was going to say, but I'll wait to the end of the show. So that's important in the hydroponics. It's very good if they do it organically and they will know. If you say, what about me? Oh, here, here it is, because they would know. If they say, we don't know. They're basically saying, no, there isn't. Right. That's what I'm gathering. That's what right. I, when I looked into it a little bit, that's what I'm right. gathering. Also, I'm noticing it as it's garbage day. People are putting their brown boxes into the land, uh, the landfill, the blue bin. No, those are recyclables. No, and they could actually go in the green bin, the yeah, land, right. the grass, where we have our grass cuttings and stuff. They and do, I, but I think each city is a little different. They haven't really caught up. They'll see cardboard and they'll go, oh, it goes in a different place. It doesn't really. Brown cardboard goes in the green uh, compost. Cool, You're right. Everyone around here is putting it in the wrong bin. Right. And you, I guess I have to go on next door. You have to help me say it nicely because yeah. <laughs> you know how and I if can... you have a worm farm, you feed that to the worms. The cardboard to the box. That's what made me think about it. So I looked exactly up right. management, and no, they go into the bins with the grasses. And interesting about the recycling, something I just learned just recently. You know, those when you buy a plant, they come in those black plastic containers. Yeah. The recycling center machine cannot read them till they're they're not counted as recyclable. They're not recycled. Ninety six percent of that the growing containers are go back into the dump uh, as unrecyclable. You're kidding. No, no, not too many people know that. So the thing to do is you go there, you say, okay, I want recyclable containers, but they do have them. They made them of all kinds of stuff that you actually don't even have to take them out. You just plant them in the ground. The whole thing composes really nice. But you either that you also have to say, okay. When you buy something, go back to the nursery and say, here, reuse these. Right. Recite. Right. I gotcha. Is that right? So if you have your own, like I do, I have a whole bunch of them. I can just reuse them all the time because they'll last forever. But they do have a bunch of really nice. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were not recycled. Right. But I do know that even the bigger Anna Waltz and do-it-yourself centers have the biodegradable container. You You just have to ask for them. Right. You just have to ask them. So can I ask you a couple things about the food that um, Alex, our good farmer friend, Alex, and well, she's just saying, you know, basically it was things like, can you grow everything together? Um, Can you? uh, Well, one question at a time. Let's see. How much space do I need? Well, I want to ask her, can you grow everything together first? Uh, Did I just make that one up? 
You just said that, right? Because <laughs> you grow everything that was together. My question. Can I just have everything growing in the same big area? Mother Nature does not do straight lines. Mother Nature is not separated. Mother Nature grows everything together. Okay. That reminds me of this nun in Korea who was, uh, I saw on Chef's Table. She's phenomenal. Oh, my God. And she did. She let the weeds grow in it, all of it. It, it. There was nothing like how you see at Esalen and Big Sur, these pristine rows of food, which is gorgeous. But her method was absolutely That's right. Stuck her own way that's and right it just was a mosh pit of right uh, beautiful herbs medicinal herbs that's wheat, right that's right and it when, kind of kept the soil right damp when uh, i was young i learned really fast not to do things in a straight line because if i was a bug i would go boing 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 but a bug would have to find you find you that plant amongst all the other ones right Either with rabbits or whatever okay uh let me i'll, I'll start with the first one um, what essentials do I need to grow food? Well, you have to have something to grow it in. So either in a raised bed or in a container, you know, there are many different ways to get that, this, that going. Uh, so you can make it out of rocks. You can make it out of anything that you have in your environment. So a lot of times I would look around and go, I could use, I would take tree logs and make them out of uh, containers out of that. Anything you have in your environment, you can use. Now, you want to, as... Go ahead. Interior, what kind of mix of soil, compost? Right, and right. that's what I was going to say, right. So you want to have uh, one part of your local soil that you have, whatever that is, one part of that. You want one part compost, and then you want one part, especially in the container, you want something like, uh, usually what I get is our organic potting soil, but you can actually look around, because you want something that fluffens up the soil, not compacted. So one of the reasons why I like, here in the United States, you can buy organic potting soil, which is made with perlite, vermiculite. These things are normally volcanic. They, they fluff up the soil. But you can use any number of things that in your environment that you can use to fluff it up. And if you don't have that, then you just concentrate on getting soil. If you can have a somebody who's making soil. Uh, here in the United States, we get soil. In other countries, you probably have to look around and you will make the formula a little different depending upon what country you're in, you know. But sometimes, in some places, we have really good soil. So it's just a matter of adding some trace minerals and stuff like that to it. Though. So I used to tell people rock dust, compost, and mulch. Right. And the soil. mulch. Big See. thing about mulch I was watching that mulch, mulch, more mulch, never enough mulch, mulch, mulch. <laughs> right. And, and here in, in Malibu, they say, no, you can't use mulch because it's a fire. No, That's it's the not. the other thing that freaks me out. You see these homes, and there's like three green bins filled with stuff. That could actually just be left in the property. That's Everyone exactly right. here just throw it back in the yard, and it creates more soil. These exactly this right. One farm in the Philippines, they were just mulch, mulch, mulching. And I actually saw you do this with the carapia here. You laid the carapia down like right on top of the dirt, and I go, well, "Why aren't you going to plant that?" You know, that dirt is soil. In the soil, sorry, right? The soil, <laughs> dirt, something you sweep out of your house. There you go. <laughs> if you have dirt in your house, which I do not. Um, she planted the plants right on top of the mulch. Yeah, they didn't. They just plop, 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 plop. So mulch, mulch to be something that naturally decomposes. So when you have these wood chips and stuff like that, yeah, that's a fire retardant, fire hazard. But when you add your mulch, to be duplicating Mother Nature. It usually decomposes, goes back into the ground, adds more soil to it. 
So the main purpose of mulch is really to protect the compost, to protect that upper layer of soil. So that's why you're always adding mulch because mulch is decomposing, more mulch decomposes. So you're helping this to build the soil up. And the other thing about mulch is that if you're really, uh, well, like me, I'm really into gardening, so I understand the different uh, parts of the country, different parts of the world, the pH is different. Here in California, we have a very alkaline pH. That means uh, it's above seven. The clay is very alkaline. Lots of plants like it. Acid, 6.5 pH, a little, a little slightly acid. So if the pH is wrong, the food's not going to be available. So you use the mulch as a way to mellow down the so your, your soil. So most, so most mulch that I use here in California are for acid-loving plants. So I buy a Sele Gardenia mix or Dr. Earth's uh, planting mix, which are both slightly acid. Adding that as a... Just, Adding that as a mulch will help to bring the pH down, which makes the nutrition more and more available. So you don't want to, you know, and it doesn't burn. It won't burn. So mulch is very important because if you just do your soil and plant in it, it, it the heat will come and dry everything up. It'll be, they'll be really super stressed out. You'll be using more water. See, so that's why it's important to, to blend right. the compost with, with your soil and then you put mulch on top. Right, and mulch can be... And what what could be mulch? I mean, besides anything could be mulch. Any you can so in, so in Florida. So in Florida, I was next door to this uh, horse farm, and he had all this hay that he was throwing away. Well, guess what kind of mulch I used in my garden? I got the broken down hay and put it down, put it around. I love the way that looks actually when people put hay over the garden. right, right. And so there are lots of different things you could use as a mulch. Especially if you, I used to have a shredder, so I, I made my own mulch. I would get wood chips and run them through the things, and oh, yeah. that would end up with really you know, sawdust makes a nice mulch. What right. you have to understand about mulch is that you have to use something that, not, when it decomposes, doesn't take away from it. So, a lot of time people use grass clippings as mulch, right? Well, the grass clippings and the process of decomposing will take nutrients away, nitrogen away from the soil to decompose and then put it back. And during that process, the plants don't like that, right? See, right. And mulch mowers are something you just told me about that right. if you have a pile of dead stuff and you just mulch mow it and there you have mulch and they're like two or 300 bucks. Right. So what's going on here is that people are taking are not allowing Mother Nature to make soil. They take everything away. The process of making soil is not there. So you're going to have to either bring some soil in or let it make the soil. That's why I keep saying plant something. It doesn't matter because when it dies, they'll be adding to the soil. The more things grow and the more they... The root system break it up, the more you have soil. That's how you get soil. The leaves break down into a soil, especially if you have the microbes there who are, are going to chew on the leaves and make everything a, a soil. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the key to it. That's what we have to get cities to understand. No, you don't blow everything away. And the mulching more is ideal because instead of taking all that grass clipping and throwing it away, you know how much grass clipping gets thrown away? Ridiculous. The mulching more... No yeah. grass clipping left over. It just crumps it up really nice, turns it right down. I would the take leaves, throw them on the lawn, and run over it. Right, lawn is the is ridiculous. The yeah. these lawns. There's I, I'm I'm in the you know as soon as I get the water thing going, it's in my name and da da da. Then I can get rid of these ridiculous lawns. When I come up to your neck of the woods, farmland, that's all they're growing is sod. Isn't that something? And they and then they oh, ship it to other states. They ship it to other states. Not growing food. They're, They're using our water to ship it to other states. And That's why not enough people know what's going on. Because if enough people were talking about this, 
they wouldn't be growing sod right here. People would be revolting. They would be crusading against this. And, and that's what I was going to say earlier when I spaced out, because it's kind of heavy. Slavery was abolished through people's awareness. It wasn't just one or two people. It was everyone saying, hell no. And this, with the, what, what they're doing with the seeds and buying up all this farmland to create genetically modified food is another form of slavery. That's right. I mean, and I'm quoting Vendana Shiva. I wish they were my words because they're very powerful. So we must grow the food. <laughs> and That's we kind right. of spun right. off on the mulch. So back to the food, Andy. Okay. What um what's easy what are the easiest things to grow? Well, uh, again it depends where you're at. First of all, you want to grow things that normally so they're their vegetables that come from different countries. You start there. If you live whatever country you live in, the United States, you know, in the United States, we tend to buy vegetables from all over the world. So our vegetable situation is here. It's like we can grow anything we want to. But there, there are certain things that are easier to grow than other things. And some things are really super hard because you have to know what you're doing, otherwise they die. So it depends on the, again, you have to know what warm weather crop is and what cold weather crop is. So if you can't grow a cold weather crop when it's warm or a warm weather crop when it's cold, they won't do that. So tomatoes, for example, are warm weather crops. It's a tough right? So if you go in the wintertime, so that's yeah. something you have to learn. You can't plant sunflowers in the wintertime. They won't grow. So that's the first thing you want to do. Otherwise, it makes it very, very hard. If you have a greenhouse, even then, you still got to be aware of the temperature. But there are other things... A good rule of thumb is that the bigger the seeds, the easier it is to grow. So radishes, for example, come up with it almost overnight. And radishes, radishes, radishes right? Nothing to eat, radishes. Radishes. Huh? Kids love radishes. Right. All right. That's when I gave it, when I would give a talk to schools and they say, have the kids grow a garden, I would bring radish seeds because that's the first thing. Within a week, they come back in a week, oh, they got radishes. They want things to grow fast. And nothing yeah. eats them, you know, the same thing with a variety of other things. Uh, the How easy it is really depends on you. Because if you're really uh, like, I, I I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do. As opposed to have some idea, you know, gee, maybe we stick it in the ground. Maybe we'll let it water it. We'll give it some time. So the, the uh, tomatoes are incredibly easy, but they can be very hard for some people. They really just don't understand the basics. So I think... Instead of keying into what's easy and what's hard, you have to make it easy, for, like cooking. <laughs> you cook and it's very easy. And I go, holy cow, I have to learn, follow the ingredients, follow the, the rules. So it, it takes practice. You have to say, okay, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to learn. And that's why we're here. Because you, you can ask me a question, why I grew this and what happened? And so, it, and that's always been my thing is to tell people, look, if the rabbits are eating your vegetables and there's something going on, because you, you you learn how to control the rabbits. Well, so that's the biggest thing is animals will come after your organic vegetables. Right. So they that makes that makes it hard. That makes right. it hard. You you plant something and something else ate it. That's the hardest thing right off the bat is when you're growing organic, other insects and animals go, hey, that's good stuff. I'm going to eat that. So you have to learn how to deal with these creatures. Otherwise, they will come after. Then there are pests and diseases. And I tell people, look, if, you're, if your vegetables are being attacked by pests and diseases, there's something wrong with the plant. It's telling the bugs, eat me because I'm, I'm not healthy. So that's the key. You have to key into how do I make these plants the most vegetables? Why do I eat the vegetables in the first place? You eat them to get the minerals. That's why you eat them. So you right. say, okay, 
they have to get their minerals from someplace. I know a lady that says the minerals are in the soil, you don't have to worry about it, but that would be a thousand years ago. <laughs> that was true. Now it's like man has disrupted Mother Nature's recycling process that she has spreading the minerals around the world. So we have to bring the minerals in. That's why the, the worms come in. That's why the microbes come in. That's what we have to understand. Feed the microbes first, have a healthy soil. Then you grow whatever you want to. They will grow amazingly in your container or in the soil, especially if you have this living soil to grow in. Does that help? Right. That helps. That helps. Thank you. Let's see. I, I was trying to find a note I had. Um, what foods grow well together if I have limited space? Okay, I mean, so usually a rule of thumb is you can grow things together that uh, some things are above ground, some things are below ground. Like, you know, potatoes are below ground, tomatoes are above ground. I told you about the tomato. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. That's really so, cool. So that's a perfect example of how to utilize two different things. You have a potato and a tomato. You cut a hole. You take a big potato plant and you cut a little hole in the center. You take a seed of the, of the uh, tomato. You put it in there and you plant it. So what happens is the tomato plant grows above ground, the potato ground grows below ground. The potato helps the tomato and the tomato helps the potato. See what I mean? Right? And so that so when you're growing things together, you want to say, okay, these things need light, but these things are below ground. Carrots love it below ground. Onions, anything below ground grows really well with other things above ground. Then you learn, for example, okay, so if I plant garlic with my tomatoes, my tomatoes are going to taste like garlic. Do I want that? You see? It's actually good, but if you plant garlic with lettuce, your lettuce will taste like garlic. Do I want that? So a few people, like Gene, will say, my lettuce tastes like garlic. I go, sorry, I plant the garlic with, or onion with it. So, But you learn that's a tool that you can use to help those things getting eaten up too. So what you plant together is really a matter of trial and error because every country is different, the environment is different. The, and you'll learn that as a, things that grow below ground love to grow with things that grow above ground. It's really simple. You can't have too many things above ground because they compete with each other for light and space. And also, you don't want to grow things like pumpkin, <laughs> which takes over the whole thing. It's a big giant vine or watermelon, right? Because it'll take over your bed. So like corn, for example, corn and tomato are great together because the tomato climbs up the corn. Right. The, the two of them love it together. See, right? But if you're trying to go corn and lettuce, a little good lettuce down there won't do too well. So it's just a matter of being being um, smart as, as to what you grow. Well, tomatoes have grown really well there. When I, you know, 10 years ago, I had no clue what I was doing. And those just went wild, like to the point of we couldn't, I needed to get rid of them. There was just rosemary, arugula. Those have been the easy ones for me. Carrots. But they look so weird when I actually pull them out. I don't know if we're keeping them in the ground too long or I don't, they kind of all deformed. Right. And the all... longer you keep them in the ground, the more funny shape they're going to get. Right. Right. Um, what else did Alex say? Um, um, see, she talks about seasons. You know, California, we don't have that. But she's asking which fo foods grow in, in which seasons and when do I need to harvest these foods? Right. That's why I was calling warm weather crop and cold weather crops. Right. So you should say warm weather crops, you grow them when your season is warm, usually a spring and summertime. And cold weather crop, you grow them in the fall and winter. That's Are there any foods that you could grow year round? Well, again, it depends on your environment. Here, for example, you can grow lots of things year-round that you normally would not be able to grow. Uh, during, for example, 
uh, here in, in Malibu, it has a mellow uh, summertime. You know, it used to be a mellow anyway. So you can grow lettuce. You can grow things that we grow during the wintertime. As a matter of fact, if you're growing in a greenhouse, you can grow certain things year-round because you can control the temperature. The key to it is the soil temperature. Right. It's been very, very cold. One of the twins went to the, you know, these 13-year-olds, they love the TikTok, and they love to watch people eat. And they saw these two um, people, this cute couple, eating an aloe vera plant. So they were so excited. They, they, The TikTokers had a, a slice about like that. They slimmed the skin off, took the white part out of the middle and started chomping away on it. That's no right. So I go, well, go out front, grab the aloe vera, this big long one. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't know if that's the edible. That's one. not the edible one. It's not the edible one. It's the topical one. Yeah. It's the topical. So even like something as stupid as that, I'm just talking about myself. That I was telling my kids, yeah, go cut the aloe vera plant and let's eat the middle of it. Um, and then I noticed he he cut the leaf. We looked at it. I, I had a feeling this isn't going to be right, but it had froze. He goes, why is the interior, why is it gray like that? And I touched it and it was frozen here in Malibu. That's right. Aloe vera is not a warm, loving plant. Not a cold it's, loving. It's not a, right. Right, but right. We are desert. This it, is... Where the yeah. desert sea, and you're lucky because if you had the plant, you should understand you just can't go start eating aloe vera plants because you may have diarrhea and may have to go to the bathroom real, real fast because that's what it does to you if you that's eat too much. So you have to learn how to take a little bit, let your body get used to it, learn how much. Because a lot of people, if you ask those people that have been chewing on it, they've been doing it for a long time. Right. But um, your kids, your kids have been drinking the aloe vera juice, so they have a little bit of advantage. Over other people who had doesn't never had aloe vera in their body. They could only drink George's if I'm yeah. I, I may say that. I mean, they're the that is unbelievable that it's distilled to taste like water. I keep a jug in the fridge. They're always glug glug glugging it. Never a problem. They're regular. They're you know I haven't, but it's but, it's phenomenal. But you can grow a lot of aloe vera on your property all over Edible. the place. The edible one. The edible one. Okay. Well, it's the same as, a, as the one you use for uh, topical. There's just a variety of different plants available. So there, there's a certain variety you can get. It's a little bit more mellow or easier to use because you can eat it. You can put it on burns and stuff. There are a couple other varieties. Bar bar barbaritis or something. Right. right. That right. was the edible one. Right. And so they'll go really well on your property. Like in your place, you can learn how to buy things grow things that actually like it in the desert environment. They don't need hardly any water at all. And that's why you're into keying into medicinal plant. Lots of medicinal plants you can grow just, that just love it. Yeah. Yeah. I really would love to grow, you know, milk, milk thistle and learn how to make tinctures. There, there used to be a course and I don't know, maybe Susan weed. She's still doing it. Well, she's still doing it. Isn't she? She's still doing it. I get email, emails from her all the time, how to make this, how to make that, you know. Right, she's something else. And, you know, I got to say, I had no clue that you were going to be able to get David Avocado Wolf on the show that fast. I felt like such an airhead when he was on. I just couldn't believe it. I was so unprepared. But at my new moon Kundalini yoga class the other morning, um, you know, we had the new moon Saturday. Guru Jaw says, I love David Avocado Wolf because he says coconut water will cure everything. That's true. And I thought, oh my 
God, my yoga teacher's um, quoting so, <laughs> Be surprised how many people are, are watching this stuff. And it all goes back to healing the proper food. Because we've been, by by way, we, I don't mean you and I, because you and I have been eating better food than the average person. They go out and eat all this junk food. They don't eat anything healthy for them. And yes, they're going to get sick. Yes, they're going to have all kinds of problems. And that's a big thing. If you eat this healthy food, you're going to cure yourself right off, off the bat. You don't have to go to the doctor and say, I need more pills. So they don't like that. I think the two are basically the same people. You're the very same person. The agriculture and, and, and medicine are in the boat together. I, somebody told me... Agriculture used to mean tending the farm, um, making not like raping the soil, not right, industrializing right. and farming. Farming is the whole reason we're in this messed up situation. You know, exactly because right. of the farming. We our topsoil's gone. The Canadians are talking about this place, this island off of Vancouver in BC that has two feet of topsoil. Like, and this guy, they're going to obliterate that for some uh, piping or, oh, I don't know. It, it's something horrible. Right. So we have we have to get back to basics, IG. Right. And you know, in Central America, you would think they have lots of soil, but they're doing the same thing. Condos are going up. Uh, and they don't realize you take the trees down, the trees create rain and the whole photosynthesis cycle. And we're, I don't understand how we lost. Um, trees are called the lungs of the earth. And we're just, what's Brazil doing? And we just keep cutting them down. Right. And I, t I, a long time ago, I say, look, why don't we pay these countries not to cut down their trees? We pay our farmers to not to grow. Why can't we go to Canada or Africa or wherever? And say, hey, we're going to pay you to keep your forest, so they don't have to cut it down. They don't. Well, have to, you know what they cut? More money in the oil and the genetic. I don't know exactly corporate. You know, dinglings that think that and they're really monopolizing everyone now. It's a real uh issue it's it's really and i hope i i i just i know that everyone's going to get on board more and more and more it's just going to more and more people are right i'm if you're so hungry you should be able to go outside and pick your food that's right you know if you're I working with other people food. i've seen you pick food food at your um your client's home where i will see something that's so ripe and i'll kind of just yank Look it at it and yank it <laughs> You just kind of wait. You go like that and wait for it to kind of drop in your hand. And if it doesn't drop in your hands, you don't take it. So, Matt, and it's a big difference buying something that the tree gives you. Say, here, thank you for taking care of me. And you eat that. And you can test that. You can do a refractometer reading. You can take it to the lab. And they go, oh, my God, look at all the trace mill. Where did you get all these trace mills? See? And, and it's a big difference in stuff you go in the store. That was, first of all, they pick them. Well, first of all, they're not grown organically. Secondly, they pick them green so they can ship them to you in time to ripe. And then they don't ripe, they rot. Right. They literally rot. A lot of times you buy stuff before you get home, it's rotten. I know, like the avocados. Exactly um, right. And that's just, that's just gone because there's no energy to it, no energy. And you know, um, uh, the Rodale people say, you are what you eat, <laughs> you know? And, and so if you get something that's dead, you're eating something that's dead, no energy, you're going to be dead, no energy. Yeah. I, an old yoga teacher used to say, you want junk body? You eat the junk food, you get the junk body. <laughs> exactly. And that's what we're all about here, because we're not only, uh, that's why I, it was wonderful to get David 
uh, on avocado on, you know, a wolf yeah. because he he relates to gardening and health. He relates to that. And that and that's it. That's the key. That should be the foundation. We shouldn't have to be able to take anything other than what we grow. And what I always tell people, look, you can have a community of people and they can all share what they grow because some people are very good at growing this. Some people have Farmer actually Rishi. have animals, you know. That. Farmer Rishi in Diamond Bar. He's feeding his whole block. That's exactly of- right. Exactly. Got rid of the lawn. I think we talked about this. And he has more food than he knows what to do with. Exactly right. Postage stamp property. Exactly right. So I'm so impressed with that and inspired by that. In 1970, when I was doing, well, it was before that. I was in this, I went to this, I got out of the service in 1970. So it was before I got, I went in 68. So it was probably 66, 65 when I was growing in my, my parents' house. So I had so much things growing. People used to come by and they would, you know, walk across on the side where they will pick my tomato plant that was growing on the thing. And I would watch them and I say, you should ask me for it because I'm happy to give you to As a matter of fact, I'm going to put a little container on you, give me some money. They used yeah. to come around and say, I would like your food. I would like your vegetables. I grew so much that my neighborhood, which people will come around, I'm not going shopping. We're going to go get the food from you because it's a big difference. The animals will, will go and eat it because that's what we should do. We should be able to share what we go. Some person may have a hundred... Like, remember the avocado guy, how all these avocado trees? Well, he, he has a lot more than he can eat. And right. so he can sell it right across the street, neighbors and stuff. That's it. That's the way to go. And then you have restaurants that will come out and buy your vegetables and buy your food, walk and, and do it. People are doing that. They're doing it in yeah. New York City. They have their garden up on their rooftop and they, you know, and it's. And that's what we want. It's that's really exactly what we want. Wonderful. There's a big difference when you pick a vegetable and you eat it. Or they pick a vegetable and maybe a week or two later you eat it. Big difference. Right. I don't, that's it. When I go shopping, I go, when was this picked? <laughs> right? You know. Let me ask you one more thing from uh, Alex's list that I keep meaning to do. And I know okay. it's so simple, but and I don't know if you're gonna know the answer to this, but like uh preserving our lemons, preserving food. How did your mother do that? Do you know how yeah, to do all that? the time, right? How do, how do you do that? And Susan did too. Oh. And it's really not that hard to do. You just have to learn how to uh, use a pressure cooker uh, because you want, you want, you you put it in, you, you take the food and you, you prepare it and you put it in containers and you sealed it. Okay. Well, what, no, you just go back, go back. So if I have a lemon, I keep it whole? Well, there are different ways. You Normally you don't just preserve the lemon. You preserve the, the them in, inside the juice and the, all that stuff, and you would preserve that if you no, want to no, say no, no, no. I'm sorry, not to, uh, you know. I know you're the genius here, but like in Moroccan food, there's lemon peel, right. and the lemon peels preserved. Right, right. So there, there are different ways to uh, preserve those particular things, and basically, you want to be able to have it in a dry environment. You want to have it breathable, so the container has to be breathable. It has to be in, in a an environment where it's no no water, you know, no moisture. And if you keep it on a, in a dry environment, a lot of times what people do is they they buy rice and they put it in the rice in the plant in the rice and it stays around a long time. There are lots of different ways. In other countries, they dig a hole and they have a, they have a container in the ground and they cover it and it keeps it nice and dark. That's what 
theater, no, theater. Nothing that I remember. Mine was you filled up a jar with salt or something, and then you put it in this jar of salty water for a long months and months, and it was something you had yeah. to in a jar. I like adding salt to everything. So I mean, how would you preserve a lemon? You wouldn't dig a hole and put it in the ground. You don't. You don't dehydrate it. No. So it, it, uh, I haven't really preserved the actual plant, the fruit. So, you know. That's the answer. You other, other than other than the, the how did your mom inside. do it? Other than you... my mom would take the lemon, take everything out, make a make a pulp out of it, put it in in a container and seal the top, so which she would have the lemon. And if she wanted what was to, in the container besides the lemon, if she wanted to have the peel, she would cut a slice them up and put them in there as well with it. And, and so what she else would is have in there? Be... besides the lemon and the peel. What else is in the jar? That's it. She would take the lemon, chop it all up, uh, take everything out. She would slice the peels, put it in the peel. She have a, a boiling water. She would put it in the water, and then she put the top on it because the heat will suck up the air. Boiling water—that's a yeah. pretty, pretty big, the big ingredient you forgot. No, you put in a. You have to take the air out of the bottle. So by adding, heating it up, and then you put the bottle on, it sucks out the air, and you seal it, so it gets sealed automatically. That's where a you want to seal. It. So you seal mason jar, right? So you put boiling water in a mason jar. No, you put the you have a container. You boil the water. When you're ready, you have the 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 the, the ingredients you're putting or whatever wherever you want. You put the top on lightly without screwing in. You sit it in. The heat will suck up, uh, get rid of any air. Then you seal it. Then you screw the rest of the top. It automatically seals it. Then when it's cooled off, it's sealed inside this mason jar. You don't have to boil it or anything. You just have to stick in the bore, put your ingredient. Make sure your ingredients are already in the mason jar. You know how they have that little I think flat this thing. This is a chef in. question. <laughs> well, uh, I I I haven't done that in a long time, but that's what my mom used to do, and that's what I've done before. Just so basically water in a jar with the fruit in the jar. Right. You have a container of water, a thing of water. Uh, and then you you bring the water to a bore. You already have your little jar, the mason jar, filled with whatever it is you want to keep. The reason why you put it in the water is to expel the the air. Hey, we're not talking. We we mixed up because I thought the water was in the jar. No, I know it sits for months. Not in the jar. No, we don't know how to do that, everybody. We don't know not, how to. Yeah. Not in the jar. It's in, it's in a, it's in a pot. You boil water, then you. You're put saying it, you put the jar in the but I'm that's not. Right. But preserving takes a while. It's not just like a; it has to sit and you know. Well, there's a difference between adding salt and 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 doing that and actually preserving the actual plant or the fruit without doing anything to it. You put it in a, in a sealed jar. You seal the jar, and it stays forever as long as it doesn't have any air in there. That's why you put it in boiling water so that it sterilizes at the same time, but you don't, and then it sucks up any air. And you have it, it automatically sealed. What would you, Susan put inside the jar? I, again, she will take the lemon, for example, chop, take the inside out. Wait, chop no, it not up. your mom, not your mom, Susan. Susan, Susan will take a lemon. Oh, she would do the same thing. Okay, never take mind. the inside out, take the peel, slice it up up into slices, put them in the lemon jar. Lemon jar. They're all sitting there already. She would bore water. She would put the whole jar sitting in the boiling water for a few minutes just to get hot, put the top on it, and seal it. Which, when she takes it off, it's sealed. Okay. Are we, this, this, um, we'll get back to the preserve. Okay, we'll get back to, we should ask the cook. Maybe Alex would know. 
Alex is the one that asked the question. Oh, she asked that, right. Okay. I should not have brought it up because I'm going to look into it. Um, Wow. Let food be thy medicine. Hippocrates. That's it, exactly. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. And and it's, and if, if you want to grow food, you had better start collecting seeds. You need to see. Yeah, there's a lot of seed banks in California because they want to. And it's a, you're absolutely right about that. Seeds are going to be hard to come by. And, and part of the trick is when you grow something, you let one plant go to seed. So seed that grows that comes from something you grew there. Like if you if you grow something in your backyard, except a lettuce or that celery you grew, and you take the seed from that one, the seeds will be acclimated to your yard, to your environment. And then you'll have more and more seeds, and you can actually do a little business trading seeds with other people. But that's what you do. You always have let something go to seed that you grow. Right. Right. Let something go to seed, which I that's an that's really a amazing concept. But people like everything to look perfect. If you let celery go to seed, it's growing gigantic and then it has to dry out. And but that's the way to go. That's the, that's the, it's real. And you'll have tons. And, same thing uh, with your flowers. Same thing with your flowers. You you let a lot of flowers go to seed because they recycle themselves. But you can take some of those seeds, dry them off and then put them somewhere else, put them around right. in other places. So that's right. what you do. You always have this recycling thing going on. And each seed that's that growing from there gets better and better because you keep taking that seed that grew there and they will love it in your environment because they get acclimated to grow there. And that's a really cool way to, to make the seeds grow in your environment. Gotcha. All right, Captain Crazy, Invisible Gardener, over and out. Over let's, and out. All right, bye, everybody. Take care now. Bye. Visit our Thank website. You. InvisibleGardener.com. Right. The inquiry page. Sign up for our newsletter. Have a great day, everybody. Take care now. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Bye, IG.